Commander Flake. Bring good news at last. Please bring good news. I believe I have. The computers have analysed all the available data. We have found what you seek. You have? There is only one possible location. We can reach it in no time at all. So close. At last. Full speed ahead. Let's waste no more time. Our quarry awaits. Soon we will have Deathras. And I can at last know peace. You're in a good mood, Doctor. Am I? Yes, you were humming to yourself. (laughs) Oh, so that's what that noise was. Rather annoying. It was you, because you're in a good mood. I suppose that's what having his freedom back will do to a man. Since we've been bypassing the randomizer, the universe is quite literally ours, ours, to explore again. That isn't forever, you know. K9's analysing the time eddies in the power room. He doesn't think it can be much longer before the Black Guardian will be looking for us again. It's bound to happen eventually. Eventually isn't now, you know. So where shall we go? The burning glacier of Jaxia? They do a decent bit of fish there. Or the ocean moons of Unda? Or perhaps we should just punch in a group of coordinates and see where we end up, hmm? What? You mean completely at random? Yes, exactly. Wouldn't that be fun? <sighs> Some days I don't know how I keep my sanity around here. Uh, Look, Doctor, you've had a good few free journeys, but isn't it time we actually started using the randomizer again? Just to be on the safe side? When have I ever lived on the safe side? Doctor, I really think it would be the best idea. Do you? Let's say we alternate, eh? One for you, one for me. No. I suppose that's the best I can hope for. Good. Well, now we've got that sorted. I love it when you agree with me. Let's pick a destination. Pick a destination? Doctor, if we're taking turns, it's mine. You've chosen all our last few flights. Have I? I I can't remember. You have. Today we use the randomizer. It's the only fair way of doing it. Well, it doesn't seem very fair to me. Oh, Doctor! Oh, all right, all right. Go ahead, go ahead. I love it when you disagree with me. Take a wild stab in the dark. Well, wherever we are, this ship isn't in very good shape at all, is it? They could turn the heating up. It's a submarine. I'd say Earth. British. World War II, to be precise. Why have the engines stopped? And more importantly, where are the crew? Abandoned and deserted. And from the sound of the creaking, she's sunk much deeper than she was ever designed to go. I'd say we have about 57 minutes before the pressure crushes her completely. Either that, or we run out of oxygen first. Come on. Wait. What? What are you... Where are you going? To the control room. You're not seriously suggesting we go exploring, are you? It's just an empty, lost submarine. The crew must have left for some reason. Doctor? Doctor! Oh, I have a feeling I'm going to regret this. Hmm. The dials say the pipes are losing 
pressure quickly. Hello? What is that? Is someone there? Can you hear me? heard these strange noises, a sort of scratching sound. Interesting. The pipes are cold. Yeah, it's just like the air, cold and dry. The engines must have been off for some time. So it would seem. Doctor, something's wrong here. We should leave. And we will, we will, just as soon as I see what's behind this door to the control room. It's locked shut. We need to get back to the TARDIS. Not yet, Romana, not yet. It's locked from the inside. Oh. Yes. Shouldn't be a problem for a sonic screwdriver. Sesame, open. I mean, open, oh, sesame. Ah. What the? Don't come any closer. Who are you? I'm the doctor. This is Romana. And put that gun down, you silly man. We're here to help you. <laughs> Easy, boy. There, there. They're a rescue party. We don't know that, Philip. Is that, is that a chimpanzee? Does look like one. Robert, yes? Get them inside. Franklin, lock the door. All right! I'm moving! Mm, intelligent little fellow, isn't he, that ape? Right. Now, who are you? Where did you come from? Well, I could ask you the same thing. Three men and a chimpanzee all alone in the control room of a sunken submarine. Where's the rest of the crew? What's going on here? We... we don't know. We were under the ocean, on our way home. Then we found ourselves here, the ship was fully crewed, then we woke up to find Franklin on board and everyone else was gone. Franklin? The chimpanzee? He wasn't here before? No, he was just sitting there when we woke up. I don't know where he came from. That's remarkable. John arrived from the engine room, but apart from him, the rest of the submarine was totally deserted. What's happened to us? What's going on? No, save that. They still haven't answered my question. How did you find us? Well, we were just out for a stroll and got a little lost, that's all. It's really not important now. No, you're right, it's not. Come on, who cares why they're here? I've got a family. I want to see them again. Whatever's happened, if these two have come here, if they could find us, they can help. Well, we'll do our best, certainly. What did you mean a moment ago when you said... We were under the ocean, then we found ourselves here. You don't know? Well, if I knew, I wouldn't be asking you, would I? You better look through the periscope. Perhaps we should. Well, there's nothing unusual about that. Just a starry sky. Surely you're just bobbing along at night. That's what we thought. But this creaking does suggest we're nowhere near the surface. Let me see. We couldn't work it out at first. Then we saw the other things floating around us, under us sometimes, and the planet. Ah, yes. Ah, 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 I see. You don't mean... but... but that's impossible. That's what I thought. A trick of the mind, something like that. But it's not, is it? I mean, we're really here, we're... In space. The submarine. It's floating in space. And like the man says, we're not the only shipwreck out here.
That's a Lodestar 27 over there. And it's still got its original iron drives. And parts of a Zankarai cargo ship. Although that one seemed better days. Do you know what I think? I think I know where we are. Where? The Stargazer's Halo. A vast spaceship junkyard and a ring around a long, dead planet. And really rather beautiful. We're a British submarine. How can we be floating in space? Oh, many, many reasons. Just need to work out which one. Are we going to die? This isn't what I signed up for. I joined the Navy to help win the war. Nobody is going to die. We have a ship. We'll get you home. I can't die. I have a wife. I said... Having a wife hardly makes you immortal. Do you think all of your missing comrades were footloose and fancy free? I know. Just... We haven't been married long. It was only a year before the war broke out. She looked more beautiful than anyone had ever seen. Dress of white lace. Carrying the prettiest bouquet. Lilacs. What? Picked from her father's garden. How? How did you know that? I... I just saw it. I saw your wedding. Don't be ridiculous, Robert. Pull yourself together. We've no time for this. But I saw his wedding. I could visualise it in my mind. Interesting. We'll get back to that. Fascinating as it is, we have slightly more pressing matters to attend to first. The doctor's right. I know you're scared, but we're going to get you out of here. We're going to be fine. Aren't we, Doctor? We might not be. We're in a submarine floating in space. We could get crushed at any moment. I know, Doctor, but let's try to have a positive attitude. I mean, I know a submarine's not built to survive in space. Well? It's not really a question of what the vessel is. It's more a question of how well the vessel's equipped to deal with pressure. Pressure and the erosive qualities of the surrounding atmosphere. A submarine's actually, uh, well, quite well built for both, really. Am I right? Yes, yes, exactly. That's what I was about to say. So, we're floating in space in a 1940s Earth submarine. Does that mean we're in the deep space of the 1940s? Very probably. One of those ships out there is a Zankarai craft. Humanoid aliens. Galactically speaking, they were active in the first half of Earth's 20th century. Tell me, Philip, how do you know that? Right, settle down. Open your holodockets to layer 917 and we'll begin today's lesson. Notable extinct species. Philip, I asked you a question. How do you know about the Zankarai? I, I don't. I... I was taught about them, I think, in a lesson. I, I don't know when. I... I hardly even know how to work the sonar on the submarine. How could I know about a spaceship? This place is just an endless series of mysteries, isn't it? It's probably all the G-drives on the other ships. It must be creating a low-level gravity field around the whole halo. Excuse me? If we're in space, why aren't we floating in zero-G? She just asked that. No, no, I didn't. I was about to, but I didn't. Doctor, how did I know about that spaceship? I'm not entirely sure. You've gone awfully quiet, John. Would you care to venture a guess? Me? No. I I, I don't know. Look, this submarine isn't going to survive much longer. It's too primitive to be in space. What are you doing? What's that? A modified etheric beam locator. I usually use it to locate etheric beams, but at the moment I'm using it to scan the ship. And? It's been subjected to teleportation. Very recently, too. A little predictable, perhaps. 
but it's worth knowing nonetheless. No, I'm not convinced we should still be here either. Perhaps it's best we work out what happened back at the TARDIS. What does that mean? Oh dear. Oh, I think there's something outside heading straight for us. Get a look at you. Is it a spaceship? No. Smaller. A lot smaller. It can't be that much smaller, or I wouldn't have detected it. You don't understand. There's loads of them, whatever they are, like a flock. It's coming this way. <laughs> Everyone try to stay calm. It's probably just the debris of the old ships breaking up in space. Did he just read your mind? Is that what this is? Let's hope not. I don't understand. Oh God, I don't feel well. What's happening to me? It's not debris. Whatever's out there, the movement, it's too uniform. There's only one way to be sure. Let me see. Romana, what do you see? Nothing. Just old starships, a dead planet, and, well, space. But they were there. What was all no, the... Wait! They're everywhere. What are? Ten, twenty, maybe more. Doctor, that... There are living creatures out there. Living? What, as in, as in moving and breathing, not struggling for survival? Well, that's what living creature means, yes. They're, they're perfectly fine, surviving happily in the vacuum of space. Look. They must have been hiding behind the ship. That's impossible. Apparently not. Many species can survive for a short time in space. Time Lords included. But living in it, that's different. What's a Time Lord? We are. The Doctor and I. And worryingly, this Time Lord doesn't have a clue what type of creatures they are. Yes, they seem to be attacking us. Attacking us? Yes, while everyone was prattling on, they started stripping the metal off the hull. I'm assuming to try and get inside. Oh, no, let me see. For the oxygen, are they trying to get to safety? No, no. I imagine they're trying to get to the food. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. They are hungry. They want to feed on us. We're like sardines, oh, again. Oh, no, no, it can't end like this. Well, it will if we just sit here and wait for them to eat us. It's time we got out of here. Oh, in, in your ship? Yes, in our... Oh. Did, did the chimpanzee just speak? Well, well, isn't life charming? Just when you think a situation is impossible, the universe always finds a way to make it even more so. Your ship! Now! TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. TARDIS. That's what you call it. TARDIS.
TARDIS. Yes, it's how we got here. I could explain. No! Time! Escape! Now! Well, exactly. We can't. What do you mean, we can't? Franklin may be a primate, but I think he has a point. That's not what I'm saying. Doctor, take a look through the periscope. Oh, the periscope, well, if you insist, but I don't see what... Ah, that could prove a problem. It seems the creatures outside weren't trying to reach us after all. It seems they were trying to reach our ship. What? The one that's currently floating away into space. We've no way of getting off this submarine. Well, the good news is, whatever those creatures are, they've decided to leave us alone and chase my TARDIS. That should buy us time. Well, that's good, right? Ah, well, it would be if they hadn't ripped a huge hole in the end of the submarine to reach it. That's the bad news, I'm afraid. What little integrity this boat had is now gone. It's being ripped apart. But there must be something we can do. I'm open to ideas. Maybe we could... Maybe we could... Philip? Robert? Yes, I'm fine. Are you all right? Something's happening. Philip and Robert are... I think they're changing. This is no time to be changing. Who cares what they're wearing here? I'm trying to work out a way to get us off this submarine. Oh, oh, oh. It's happening to them. Romana, get away. But they look just, just like the... They're turning into creatures like the ones I saw outside. Doctor! Something! I'm thinking I can't do everything at once. I think they're finishing transforming. We should take cover. They seem docile enough now, but perhaps... Might be a little late for that. Quickly, behind the radio console, before they see us. Of course, the radio console. Communications. I'll send a message. That can't work in space, surely. Well, the radio won't, but I'm going to use the sonar. How's that going to help? Sound can't travel in a vacuum? Who said anything about using sound? Doctor, I think they've noticed us. I know, I know. I just need to change the settings. Doctor! Come on, come on. Where are you? Hurry, they're awake. Ah, yes, found one. Doctor, the creatures! They've seen us. Nearly there, nearly there. Quickly! Everyone, deep breath. What? Doctor! Deep breath, now! See? <laughs> Told you I'd think of something. Where are we? On one of the other wrecked ships in the halo. This one still has functioning life support. Just about. But how? The submarine was crushed. The oxygen was pouring out. How did we end up here? How did we survive? Oh, simple, really. I just reversed the polarity of the submarine sonar. Made it rather more advanced. Then I used it to send a distress signal, which caused the nearest wrecked starship with functioning teleport and atmosphere systems to automatically beam us on board. I see. Hmm. Child's play, really. That and a bit of luck. But what, what happened back there, Doctor? To Robert and Philip, I mean. One minute they were fine, the next they were hideous. Yes, and now the submarine's broken up, they'll be floating in space, but they'll be safe. Not their best day, is it? Why did they change? I'm not sure yet. Everything's a puzzle, but I think... I think they'll be safe out there. 
they seemed to be developing a new respiratory system as they changed. Rather an unusual one, hopefully. That will... One second. Where... Where's Romana? And Franklin? Well, they're right here. No, they're not. They're not here. I, I, I don't know. No, no, no. I teleported us here. I teleported all of us. So where are they? Were they left on the submarine? Are they dead? Doctor, where are Franklin and Romana? I don't know. I don't know. Doctor, uh, where are we? Doctor? Wonderful. Franklin, wake up! Ramona. Yes, we passed out. And it's just the two of us here from the look of things. Where are we? Why do people insist upon asking me questions I couldn't possibly know the answer to? Uh, The last thing I remember... We were on the submarine. Where's Doctor and John? Hmm. Philip and Robert, too, for that matter. I wouldn't worry. Whatever it was the Doctor was up to, he managed to get us here, wherever here is. So if he did that, I'm pretty sure he managed to save everyone else, too. Franklin, hope so. He can be quite annoyingly clever sometimes. You know... Your ability to speak is really progressing for a chimpanzee. Oh, thank, thank you. What do you remember? I mean, before the submarine. Very little. Franklin remembers cage, then nothing, then submarine. Something very strange is happening here. We need to find out what. Agreed. Where are we now? Well... We appear to be in the home section of a teleport tunnel. Well, it makes sense, I suppose. It's very advanced technology. Seems to be Zankarai in origin. Zankarai? Doctor mentioned Zankarai. This ship he saw? No, that was a wreck. This is new. I think it's a different ship entirely. But we can't have teleported far, which leaves us with a couple of questions. One... What's a shiny new Zankarai ship doing in the Stargazer's halo? And two, why were we teleported aboard? Exactly what I want to know. Ah, good. I was waiting for the welcome party to arrive. Doctor, what are you doing? Oh, studying the teleport controls. Our journey works, so there's no reason why it shouldn't have teleported Romana and Franklin too. Ah, ah, that might explain it. Doctor, what happened to Robert and Philip? It wasn't natural. This ship, it's tiny. It only has a small energy source. And? This teleport only has enough power to transport two people at a time. So what does that mean? Either my emergency signal found another ship with functioning teleport system, or Romana and Franklin are most certainly dead. Dead? I'm... I'm sorry. So you should be. After all, you caused it. The monkey, the submarine, what happened to Philip and Robert, it's all your fault, isn't it? What? No, Oh, stop acting like you don't know what's going on here. You didn't belong on that submarine. You said it yourself. You found it primitive. 
and you are no help getting off it. It seems to me you wanted everyone in there to die, to be lost forever. I don't know what you're talking about. Really? I saw fear in your eyes when I opened the control room door. You locked everyone inside, didn't you? Because you knew what was on the outside. I don't even believe John's your real name. I think it was written on the overalls you found to disguise yourself while you were heading up to the control room. What? No denial? I'm glad to hear it. That's progress. So tell me, John. And no more games, no more lies, because now there are lives at stake. Who are you, really? What's your name? My name is Deathrest. John, and no more games, no more lies, because now there are lives at stake. Who are you really? What's your name? My name is Deathless. Commander Flake? What is it now? We investigated the teleport power surge. As ordered, we located these stowaways. Take your hands off me. You. Oh, bless the maker. What a wonderful stowaway. Captain? Ma'am? You are promoted. Oh, you are here at last. Oh, I'm so happy to find you. Don't be. I won't be here long. What? You? I'm sorry, I don't mean you. I've no idea who you are. I was referring to him. Me? And he started to talk. The chimpanzee can talk. What do you know about Franklin? And you have a name? Of course. What do you know? Many things. I know he means we're in the right place. Oh? Scan the stargazer's halo for life. Every inch of it. Why? What do you expect to find? My army. Deathras, Deathras? What? Why is that name so familiar? Don't remember, please. I prefer that. No, no, I'll get it. I'll get it. It's in there somewhere. Deathras, Death. Wait a moment. Zankari. Deathras, the Zankari scientist. Oh, you're a genius, a legend. I've read all your books in paperbacks, yes, but still. I wish I'd never written them. Oh, I don't say that. You've no idea the advances you helped make. I know all too well. Deathras, the Einstein of evolution, they call you. They call you the greatest mind on that subject in the universe. Really? Well, these days I'd like to de-evolve back to when I knew nothing. Oh, don't be ridiculous. But... 
but you vanished. Eh? One day you just disappeared without trace. Why? How did you end up here? I didn't disappear. I ran. Ran and hid away from the universe, trying to keep it safe. What? Why would you need to... Uh, you did it, didn't you? You actually achieved your life's work. You unlocked hyper-evolution. And it is my greatest regret. Bethras? The communicator? I know you're listening, Bethras. Flake? She found me. I am broadcasting to every working transmission device in this system. You can hear me. Out there. Somewhere. You have 15 Hecrons to deliver my army and explain the method to create more super soldiers, or you'll pay the price. Army of super soldiers. John. Deathras! Tell me you didn't. I did. I had no choice. There's always a choice. No. Here there wasn't. My experiments on primates were moving too slowly. You've met Franklin. He's only just evolved to the point of speech. I worked on him for four years. Well, that's not an excuse. I needed humanoid subjects. My work, my life. I, I needed to prove it had worked. I needed to prove I was right. You unlocked hyper-evolution. And then you sold it. How could you be so naive? It was the only way to get living subjects. I was told they were soldiers. I thought they'd volunteer. Of course not. Who is this flake? She was a pen pusher, a strategist. Then when war came, it, it took everything she loved. It changed her. She grew fearful, more paranoid than anyone I've ever met. War sometimes does that to people. Now all she does is attack. Attack and claim dominance before anything has the chance to do that to her. Super soldiers? Yes. So you're a dictator? No. This is war. If you're not the conqueror, you are the conquered. I learned that the hard way. Well, it's not quite that black and white. Isn't it? My planet was invaded. My people were killed. We weren't conquerors then. And we paid the price. Well, it needn't be one or the other. They came under the flag of peace, Romana. Peace! But that was the last thing they wanted. My people bled for years, wept. My family died. My children, everyone's children. It took all our strength to be rid of them. And when we were finally free, I vowed we'd never be slaves again. But by killing everyone else first? By preemptive strike. It's the only solution, the only way to guarantee peace. Well, not everyone is a threat. Not today, maybe. But tomorrow? Who knows? <sighs> That's paranoid. The paranoid live longer. It needn't be like this. The doctor and I will help you. Doctor? Who's that? And this Flake. You sold your research to Flake? I didn't know. What? But the teleportation residue on the submarine. They plucked that hapless vessel from Earth and they gave you its crew. Your people are similar in appearance. They must have been a close biological match. Ideal subjects for your experiments. I swear I didn't know. I thought they were Zankari. They were unconscious. And from a world war as a bonus, a planet already battling itself. 
people. No one would miss. Everyone would just assume the submarine had been destroyed. Who knows, maybe it would have been eventually. So Flay could fool herself that it was all honorable and just. I didn't know where they came from. You chose not to ask. The missing crew, you changed them and hid them away, but you, you're the mystery. How did you end up here? That's right. Don't make me wait. Give me my soldiers. They're not your soldiers. They're men who committed their lives to stopping evil. You stole them. You stole them and turned them into weapons. Well, I'll stop you getting anywhere near your army. Goodbye. Where are they now, Deathras? Where did you hide the submarine's crew? Huh? Isn't it obvious? I presume you're the doctor. You know me? Only what I've been told by your colleague. Romana? Doctor, Flag. She's not your common or garden warmonger. She's complicated. Silence her! Oh. Romana! I have a dream of peace, Doctor. Really? I'd like you to help me with it. Oh, I dare say you would. But the idea doesn't tantalize me at the moment, to be honest. Make Deathras do as I ask. Or Emana dies. You wouldn't do that. I will. Try me. Release her! <coughs> Kill me, eh? Can't you see the idiocy of murdering for peace? I don't like what I do. But I do what I must. Doctor, I'm sorry. I... Oh, don't worry about Ramana. She can look after herself. You've got other priorities. Where are the crewmen you experimented on? We need to protect them. You owe them that. Flag can't have them. Where are they? Everywhere. They're all around us. They're the creatures in the Stargazer's halo. Ah, of course. There was an accident and they did what they were designed to do. They adapted, evolved. Ha! That's what happened to Robert and Philip. Their biology changed to survive in space. Brilliant, brilliant, but deadly. Do you really understand what you've created, Deathras? Yes. And that's why I ran. I knew what I discovered couldn't fall into anyone else's hands. The power was too much. Warriors that could be dropped into any environment and evolve, adapt perfectly. Unstoppable, unbeatable. Imagine that technology in the wrong hands. I couldn't let it happen. So one night, I destroyed my research. And stole the cargo ship containing the submarine. I left Franklin and the changed crew in stasis and made my escape. I planned to put them on their submarine and set it adrift here. They would die a peaceful death. People would think the ship was junk. I'd only put Franklin and two crewmen back on board when... Some random debris struck the cargo ship. A tiny piece, really. But at the angle and speed it hit, it ruptured a hole in the hull. As the oxygen rushed out, the crewmen's bodies did what I knew they would do. They evolved. Yeah. 
refused, and that brought rage. I sealed myself in a submarine with Franklin and the two boys before they started evolving as well. The cargo ship ripped itself apart around us. The creatures fled off into space. That's when you arrived. Well, wherever we are, this ship isn't in very good shape at all. You've got yourself into quite a pickle, haven't you? The way I see it, we have only one option left. As many as that, really? We open the airlock. Let ourselves get blown into space to our deaths. Ah, hmm. Well, I've got to be honest, it's not much of a plan. It's the only way to finish this. I can take the secrets of hyper-evolution to my death. No one will have it. You know, for a genius, you really are rather thick. I'm sorry? So you'll be dead. Oh, congratulations. For you, the war is over. But what about them? Have you even thought about that? Uh, I... You changed the biology of innocent humans. It's your responsibility to help them, not run away. But, but the knowledge I have, it's, it's dangerous. Oh, I completely agree, but that's your problem. They don't need you alive to get it. What? I, I, I don't understand. Then you're arrogant as well as stupid. Listen, how long do you think it'll be before the creatures out there sense a large new energy source and attack the Zankari warship? I don't know. Then... How long until Flague works out they are your hyper-evolved experiments? They won't need you then, Deathras. She'll start dissecting them, dissecting the innocents, until she discovers your technique. But I, I was trying to save them. Oh, yes, yes. And as a result, you may have destroyed us all. Your friend doesn't care much about you, does he? I think he cares a lot. About everyone. Really? People are weak, Romano. Weak and scared. When they're backed into a corner, they shrivel, hide and die. Or they fight. And your friends are not fighting. Which makes them all the stronger. Keep destroying and you'll be the only one left. What type of victory is that? I won't be alone. I'll have my army, my beautiful army, my children. Together at last, we shall live without fear. <sighs> I think you've forgotten what you're fighting for. Are they located yet? No, Commander. The life readings of the Halo are fluctuating too much. We cannot lock the information. Then annihilate some of the ships. But the Doctor and John are still out there. Yes, as I said, scared and hiding. Have you targeted ships? Yes, Commander. Then fire at will. Doctor! What was that? A wreck exploding. Flags opened fire. So this is it. She'll get her army after all. Oh, don't be so bleak. Flag has just made a huge mistake. A mistake that gives us the advantage. What? When? Flag has just told me Romana is still alive, and that's the best news I've had all day. Keep firing! Destroy the lot if you have to! I need them. 
Doctor, what are you doing? We can't win this fight. Our ship could be destroyed at any moment. Oh, stop wittering. You're very distracting. There's no point playing with the teleport. Even if you could get us off this wreck, where would we go? They're destroying everything. I'm not trying to get us off the ship. Then what are you doing? I'm trying to find Philip and Robert. I could do with them here. Philip and Robert? But they turned the hideously into... hideously evolved creatures of death. Yes, I think they did. Shall we check? Ah, uh, yes. You were right. Doctor, what are you doing? I overrode the safety controls to allow for their fluctuating DNA and then transported them here. Why? So they could eat us alive? Hopefully not, if we give them enough time. Enough time for what? To adapt. <laughs> Philip and Robert, they're changing. Becoming human again. Of course. They're adapting. That's how you designed them. But what did you do? How did you reverse the process? Me? Nothing, I'm afraid. And it probably won't last. It's all inbuilt and instinctual, you see. They just needed a change of environment. Quite literally, as it seemed, yes. Doctor. Hello, Philip. Hello, Robert. Hello, Doctor. Where... where are we? Exactly where you need to be. I know you've been through a terrible ordeal and I'm sorry. But right now, an awful lot of lives are in peril and, well, I need your help. I don't understand. Of course not. You can't see the wood for the trees. How are you feeling now, boys? Oh, hideous. Likewise. But honestly, hideous feels like an improvement. Glad to hear it. Doctor, how can you use them to save us? Use us? I'm not using them to save us. I'm using them to save everybody. Yes, but... Didn't you notice back on the submarine? When Romana and I arrived, Philip, Robert, even Franklin suddenly evolved into much more intelligent beings. No offence. None taken. Yes, but that's what I don't understand. How? Time Lords. Romana and I are Time Lords from the planet Gallifrey. We bring with us certain useful qualities. Low-level telepathic abilities, to name but one. Telepathy? Low-level. Back on the submarine, that's how I knew about the gravity. Yes. And I knew about the Zankarai ship. I was picking up your memories. Yes. You knew because I knew. You evolved into low-level telepaths, too. That's what I'll use to save everyone. How can we help? To start with, we need to get the creatures outside to attack our ship. What? Yes. Help me to flash every single light this rusty old bucket has. Are you insane? Oh, who knows? It has been said. Won't this let Flake know where we are? Yes, I'm betting on it. That ship. We found them. Yes. The light show does give it away, doesn't it? Its systems must be breaking down. Target that craft. Don't fire until my command. See, Romana? You can't hide forever. No, seemingly not. Soon it will all be over. They've seen us. And the creatures? The scanner's going crazy. They're coming too. Good. Philip, Robert, I need you to relax. Will you give me what I need? You have one hecron until I shoot Ramana. Relax, Philip and Robert. Let your minds drift. 
Let me connect with you. Let our minds become one mind. Help me to boost the signal. Doctor, I'm scared. Don't be, I'm here. Relax, and everything will be fine. Oh, you can't win! I have to. Franklin will stop you! Control him! Guards! Unhand me! Still nothing. Signal them again. They have half a Hecron. Romana? Doctor? Romana, I'm speaking to you telepathically. Only you can hear me. I am inside your head. But how... Think it. Don't say it. Don't say it. But how are you doing this? Time Lord telepathy isn't powerful enough. Let's just say evolution has given me a little help. Commander! Deathras and the Doctor's starship! It's under attack! On the monitor. The creatures of the Halo are evolving telepathy of their own. I am using it. Our minds are becoming one mind. But they're attacking you. What are those things? I don't know, Commander. What are my orders? Romana, I need you to do something. Anything. I need you to trust me, Romana. I need you to make Flague destroy our ship completely. But... I need you to trust me. Them. I'm sorry, ma'am. The creatures smothering their ship. It's them. My experiment, my army. Look at them. They're magnificent. They were beautiful before you changed them. And they'll be even more beautiful now. Come here, my dears. I'm waiting. Open a channel. Ignore her. Everyone stay focused. Give me your minds. One last chance. Make Deathras reveal his secrets and you live. You all live. You, him, Romana, Franklin, everyone. Free to go. Just give me what I want. Oh, that seems a nice deal. But what then? What happens when you unleash your hyper-evolving armies upon the universe? In a universe of dead stars? No. I'm sorry. You know it'll never get that far. We can't allow it. Look at them. Turn on your monitors. Really take them in. Your hyper-evolved army. See how they destroy? They won't stop with our ship or yours or the next. They will never stop. He's right, you know. Look at what you've created. An unstoppable swarm ready to eat the universe. My creation. My little ones. They're not your children. You're never getting them back. You think you can control those things. They'll be your enemies too. Silence. Look at them. They're feral, uncontrollable. You really think you can command those things? Make them do your will? I, I can. You have to stop them. And if you're going to stop them, it has to be now. Before they evolve any further. Before they destroy everyone. Everything. Enough. They will love me. We will be as one. No. Get away from her. Stay back. Doctor. 
Last chance. I, I'm aiming a gun at Romana. Make Deathrest give me the information, or on the count of five, she dies. Five. Commander Flake. Four. I can't do that. Three. The universe wouldn't survive if I did. You think I'm bluffing? I really hope so. Two. Last chance, Doctor. I can't. So be it. I'm sorry, Romana. I understand. One. Turn off the communicator. Why won't people listen? Control that ape! You killed her! Yes! And I've no need for you now either. Communications. Doctor? Doctor? They're trying to talk with us again. Doctor! Not now, I'm concentrating. Creatures, lost submariners of the Stargazer's halo, calm yourselves. Calm yourselves and come to us, all of you. Come to us, and together we can help each other to survive. So be it. It seems I cannot win. And even if I did, even if I got my... Oh, well, they're not my... Are the laser cannons still targeted on the ship? Yes, Commander. Prepare to fire. But, Commander, that would destroy them, all of them. Everything you wanted. Yes. Including your army. Including my... If I cannot have them, nobody will. But, Commander... She was wrong. I could have controlled them if I'd wanted to. I could have done. I just no longer wish to. Well, do it. Do it now before I change my mind. Energize cannons. Ma'am. Take aim. Yes, Commander. Fire! Direct hit. Deathras, the Doctor, the ship and the army have all been destroyed. The battle is won. Once again, I think. Helmsman, let us depart this place, this graveyard. Commander. Maybe tomorrow I will be free. heading for your position. Oh, I can't, I can't believe that actually worked. I never had any doubt in my mind. I convinced the Zankari that they saw us killed by using a gigantic telepathic illusion. What could have been easier? I just needed the creatures close enough to evolve low-level telepathy. Well, that and 
a little faith that we could boost the signal enough. We won by working together. If only that were something Flake could understand. Now, if you'd be so kind as to go and find the TARDIS, I'll keep the creatures telepathically in control of their minds until you return. We'll be back as soon as we can. Look how happy they are. It must feel good being themselves again. Yes, and all we had to do was bring them to a planet with the right ecology. One that would evolve their bodies back into something resembling their original forms. Will they ever stop evolving? No, no. The changes Jethras made to their biology are permanent, I'm afraid. They'll always adapt perfectly to whatever environment they're placed within. But that's true of nearly all species, really. At least on this planet, with its rather untouched environment, they'll be able to find some sort of stability. Perhaps Robert will even get to build his house. Doctor? Romana? Hello, Jethras. I wanted to thank you. It's good seeing the crew again, back the way they were supposed to be. Indeed. So, what will you do now, Jethras? He's going to stay here, on this planet, and live out the rest of his life with the others. Really? Yes. I owe everyone that. Besides, I know their biology better than anyone. I will be their doctor. I'll spend the rest of my life treating the sick. If they ever get sick again. True. But it's best I stick around, just in case. Everybody needs a doctor. Franklin! Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Franklin, ready to go now. Are you sure this is what you want to do? You could stay here. You'd be safe for the rest of your life. True. But oh, I, I want so much more. Universe to explore. Places to see, adventures to have. Doctor helped me. Oh, he did, did he? <laughs> Franklin's DNA is stabilized. His evolution appears to have locked itself. A talking monkey who wants to explore the universe in a warp-converted escape shuttle world. Who am I to say no to that? Goodbye, Franklin, you cheeky monkey. Goodbye. Enjoy your adventures. Oh, I will. Thank you. Hmm. I wonder who helped him warp convert the shuttle. Oh, I, I don't know. Probably one of the submarine's crew or someone. Hmm. Yes, I imagine that was who it was. So, this is it? It's goodbye for us too? Yes, I never hang around long. You did a terrible thing, Deathrus. But now's the time to make amends. These people need you. You change them in ways they never asked for. And you're the only person that can help them. Guide them back to humanity, to themselves. And I'll do my very best. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Romana. And for what it's worth, I am sorry. I know you are. Shall we? Yes. Do you really think they'll be safe here? You don't think Flag will find them? No, Flag's not a problem. Oh? I looked her up in the TARDIS data bank. I'm afraid she doesn't last very long. Her kill or be killed philosophy leads to its only possible outcome. She eventually picks on the wrong people? Hmm. Wiped out, without compunction. Poor woman. She could have been different. 
better. She made her choices. Everyone has to. <sighs> Maybe now she can be at rest. It'll be a long time before anybody ever finds this place. We are right at the beginning of this planet's existence. It won't be discovered by explorers for another million years. Even then, people will struggle to explain how such advanced life came to exist here. It's always seemed far more evolved than the age of the planet would allow. It's always been one of the great mysteries of the universe. I think we just discovered the reason. Mm, yes, I think perhaps we did, and that's quite a weight off my mind. Now, where next? Where to? Doctor, you can't count that as my turn. Why not? You know, it's about time we tried for Brighton again. I'm sure K-9 would like it. Oh, Doctor. Brighton? Really? Oh, I'm so glad you agree. Yes, really. Oh, I do like to be beside the seaside. <laughs> the seaside. Oh, Welks. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. The Fourth Doctor Adventures. The Haunting of Malkin Place. Thomas and I are on our way to a most definite case of haunting. An old isolated house called Malkin Place. Two residents, Beatrice and Morris. 23 years old. Very strange goings on. Beatrice. Oh. What is it? Someone's coming. Who's there? There. No. Coming over the marsh. Not possible. The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. It's good you're reading the best literature from this period of Earth's history. Is that noise again? From the attic? Look, it's a venerable old townhouse. It's bound to make some odd noise. Are you worried it's haunted? That's it. I'm going up there. It's fine, Romana. Do you know who's up there? If you must know, I wrote myself a little note. Dear Doctor, don't go up to the attic. Best wishes, the Doctor. <laughs> and if there's one person I trust absolutely, it's myself. Stop! Nobody move. A definite cold spot. And strongest just... Ooh. Here! Welcome, welcome. Thank you all for gathering. We are speaking to the spirits present in this house. Who's doing that? It's a trick. 
must be. Only I'd share your suspicion. Big Finish. We love stories. Could I add something to the following line for you, uh, Tom? Yeah. Where you say, child's play, really, and then I'd like you to say that and a bit of luck. Child's play, really. Do you like that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Good. Really, when you are caught. Okay. Thank you. Deathras, Deathras? What? I guess that name's so familiar. Don't. Remember, please, I prefer that. No, no, I'll get it, I'll get it. It's in there somewhere. Tom Baker playing the Doctor in Deathras. Deathras, death... Wait a moment. A story about a wonderful, wonderful scientist who becomes corrupted, actually, not out of real malice, but out of weakness and misunderstanding. And it has catastrophic effects, turning innocent people into dreadful creatures, and he's responsible for it, and the Doctor is very, very angry with him and on the side of good. Everybody needs a Doctor. <laughs> Franklin! Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Franklin, ready to go now. Are you sure this is what you want to do? My name is Lala Ward, and I play the second incarnation of Romana. I'm John Banks, and I'm playing Franklin. They say never to work with animals or children. Um... The thing about Franklin is he's really not one or the other. He's a sort of mixture of everything. And John's John's sort of hybrid animal was just wonderful to work with. He's so hilarious. <laughs> he's so funny. Well, I hoped I played Franklin with some conviction and with a little bit of authenticity and uh, at least conveying the fact that he is an extraordinarily advanced chimpanzee who's actually acquiring language, which actually obviously could be said about me <laughs> in some ways. But uh, I actually um, had done an awful lot of research by amazing coincidence. Many years ago, I played an ape in a play called The Hairy Ape, which I think is about to be revived at the uh, Old Vic. And we were in rehearsal from the beginning of rehearsal, trained to, uh, to act and react and make sounds like chimpanzees by a fantastic guy called Peter Elliott, who's done all the movies. If ever you see a movie with uh, any kind of ape connection or ape content, all the Planet of the Apes things, the Tarzan, all of those things, and uh, Peter is in probably most of them as well. I mean, he's dedicated his life to studying apes and he trained us all. And uh, so we spent hours and hours and hours in real time improvisation, being chimpanzees and grooming each other and getting to work out our social hierarchies. And um, having spent such a long time with him in an incredibly intensive rehearsal process, a lot of it has stayed with me. And in terms of the, the sounds that Franklin makes when he's anxious uh, and other times when he's slightly less anxious and he needs or perhaps he needs reassurance or perhaps he wants to give reassurance or he wants to issue threat hopefully the sounds that i make aren't completely random that they are actually based in at least some study of how chimpanzees react we have a colleague here john banks who plays today is playing the monkey and he's playing a monkey who's learning to speak and he's playing a monkey who sometimes gets overexcited as monkeys do and he does it with the most courageous abandon that i've ever seen <gasps> control that ape <laughs> you killed her yes and i have no need for you now either do you remember, we always used to, when I first met him, we were always teasing him. And of course, I didn't know him then. Now, of course, we're filled with admiration because his attack, 
his attack on everything, absolutely got the courage of a lion. It's very difficult to actually constantly risk making a complete idiot of yourself. But it's sometimes necessary, and uh, he does it brilliantly. We all love him. Death, Rass. Tell me you didn't. I did. I had no choice. There's always a choice. No. Here there wasn't. I'm Alistair Petrie, and I'm playing, um, well, I were, I'll say John, but uh, who also turns out to be Deathras himself. My experiments on primates were moving too slowly. You've met Franklin. He's only just evolved to the point of speech. I worked on him for four years. Well, that's not an excuse. I needed humanoid subjects. Like a lot of um, uh, characters, he receives his redemption at the end of the piece. He's, um, he thought when he was, uh, you know, stepping out, he was doing something for the greater good. It didn't quite work out that way, but he was doing, um, in many ways, in hindsight, the wrong thing for the right reasons. And as a result, that um, the doctor immediately identifies with that. And, uh, and so his redemption, um, he's allowed his redemption at the end. Um, and also he becomes self-aware of, of the consequences of, of actions. And I think that's probably one of the overarching leitmotifs of the character is um, facing up to and dealing with the consequences of our actions, um, which he is forced to do um, by the end of the piece. But as I said, he believed what he was doing was right. And there in lies the kind of moral dilemma of the piece I need to do with this character, um, which from a, um, a sort of a humanity point of view and in this world is always, well, in any world, it's always fascinating to, um, to examine, really. The submarine, it's floating in space. And like the man says, we're not the only shipwreck out here. In any of these stories, you never take the premise and you never laugh at it. Um, you treat it with absolutely the gravity that it fully deserves because... The possibilities are forever endless, and rather than, say, ask the question, why, you should probably be asking, well, why not? And so, yes, you start on a submarine, and then it's revealed the submarine in space, but you never would ever patronise the material and the storytelling um, and, and sort of start laughing at it, because actually... The stories are not specifically about sort of almost literal things. They examine things way, way, way beyond that. You know, the human condition and holding a mirror up to society itself. You did a terrible thing, Deathras, but now's the time to make amends. These people need you. Guide them back to humanity, to themselves. And I'll do my very best. As everyone knows, um, you uh, have a very personal relationship with your doctor, depending on um, your sort of generation of, um, of, of TV watching. And uh, there is no question on this planet that Tom Baker is my doctor, certainly not was, is, um, is my doctor. Um, and having three children, as I do, they will lay claim to David Tennant and, um, and latterly with my younger sons, Matt Smith. Um, and so when... Uh, Doctor Who sort of reappeared on the television scene. Um, my children became huge fans, and of course that was the first time that we could talk about a television show that we all loved. And uh, of course they would say, Dad, who was yours? And I used to say, well, mine is Tom Baker. And uh, it's uh, it's quite difficult. <laughs> it's quite difficult to be in the great man's presence because as ever you meet these people and you want your heroes to live up to... Um, to, uh, I suppose, their reputations, really, and your memories of them as, uh, as the Doctor. And uh, I can safely say <laughs> he certainly doesn't disappoint. It's, a, it's an unbelievable privilege, truly. You have 15 Hecrons to deliver my army and explain the method to create more super soldiers. Or you'll pay the price. My name is Sheila Ruskin, and I'm uh, 
playing Flag, Commander Flag. I love playing villains, actually. You know, and it, you don't actually very often have the uh, opportunity to be so uh, broad. One's always asking to be small and minimal and realistic in a kind of mumbling sort of way. So it's great fun. <sighs> Super soldiers? Yes, this is war. I've met Sheila Ruskin off and on over the years and always got on well with her and liked her very much and never actually worked with her. One of the lovely things about doing big Finnish productions is you, you get to work with a whole load of interesting people and so it's been a great pleasure working with Sheila Ruskin and I thought she was wonderfully good at being this loony woman. Absolutely wonderful, it was lovely. I didn't want to go out in the scenes that I wasn't in because I wanted to stay and listen to what she was doing. You've done Doctor Who before, I've done a visual, yes, yes, with Tom Baker. I played Cassia in The Keeper of Traken. Um, it was his penultimate story um, as the Doctor. And in fact, my husband, I was a, a bit of a baddie there. I was good turned bad, a bit like this, good turned gone wrong. And my husband turned out to be the, uh, the master. Yes, he became, he developed into the master as a foe. Yeah, so it's quite a good storyline because it had a wonderful mix through three episodes. I had to, there was one particular moment <laughs> when I had to have, uh, I'd been taken over by the monster, by the statue, and I had to laser something and kill it with my eyes. It had laser beams. So the makeup uh, department created kind of reflective uh, little eyes, which they painted and rest, and stuck onto my eyelids, guided me blind to the centre of the studio and put me there ready for the scene and um, the laser beams to be put on post-production. And, um, and then they called lunch. And everybody went off to lunch and I was just left there standing, with <laughs> unable to see, not knowing where to go, what to do. It was very uncomfortable suddenly realising what it must be like to be blind, I tell you. Anyway, it was quite... Everyone went, oh, whoops, sorry, and came to find me. Oh, it was extraordinary. Um, I think you didn't realise it was going to have quite such an effect forever and ever, really. And I think it's terrific they've restarted it all bigger and better and spending more money. And um, I watched an episode, I watched the beginning of an episode the other night, and I remember people talking in the old days about, oh, when I used to watch Doctor Who as a child and hid behind the sofa. Well, I tell you, I felt like jumping behind the sofa the other day, but these awful hands came out of a bog. It was just, it was really very scary. <laughs> Lilacs. What? Pecked from her father's garden. How, how did you know that? Josh Bolt, I play him Philip. I'm Brian Vanell, I play Robert. So we're floating in space in a 1940s Earth submarine. Does that mean we're in the deep space of the 1940s? Very probably. One of those ships out there is a Zankari craft. Humanoid aliens, galactically speaking, they were active in the first half of Earth's 20th century. Tell me, Philip, how do you know that? Philip is sort of a quite a young, naive, nervous uh, member of the submarine crew. Um, who has just woke up and found himself with a, his, his mate and a, and a chimpanzee. Um, and then the doctor arrives with his companion and it ensues. Robert is um teenager, he's 19. It's his first voyage, I believe, with the Navy. Kind of similar to Philip, the kind of experience that, that Philip goes through, Robert does as well. And it becomes quite apparent early on that all is not right. I hardly even know how to work the sonar on the submarine. How could I know about a spaceship? I absolutely love it. Um, 
I from being a kid from watching bits of the old series and then obviously when it got rebooted and Chris Freckleston sort of brought me into it by chance finding a lot of my doctor is Paul McGann and finding a lot of his um, stuff through Big Finish that's sort of been that's sort of my thing yeah no I got into it when it came back with Eccleston and uh, I've, I've loved it ever since and it's what's it like it's, it's amazing isn't it it's, it's a, a massive privilege in a weird way and I've been, I've been smiling all day I'm just forever grateful for the lovely Nicola Walker lady she um, yeah plays uh, my mum in Last Tango in Halifax and I uh, Paul McGann being my doctor and me being a great fan of him anyway I just said will you please trust I've just and as a massive Doctor Who fan will you please just try and get me in or put a word in for me so she rang me about two weeks ago before I'd even knew I was doing this and just said you're welcome and I said, uh, uh, "What for?" She said, "Oh, don't worry. You get, you get, you get a nice phone call." So I thought, "Oh, right, okay." So yeah, and as and as I say, I mean, what you know, Paul McGann and Nicola Walker. What 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 more can you ask for? I'm the doctor. This is Romana. And put that gun down, you silly man. We're here to help you. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's yeah. just amazing. I just I thought it was going to be. I don't. I didn't. I, I don't know what. To no, I didn't know what to expect. Especially you know, being with Tom Baker as well. I didn't mm. know. I didn't know. And it's just absolutely brilliant. It's just. So, it's so. Quick and real and truthful. It's so easy to be so truthful. That was what I, I was sort of worrying. I've never done radio before, and I was sort of worrying about how sort of pitch it and play it. And I think I don't know whether it comes through with the the, the gang of us or through I Nick. Think it or, does. It just picks up pace, doesn't it? Just it just sort of feels so real and truthful, which I think is, you know, especially doing something like Doctor Who is so important to keep the truth of. Did you not? Did you, you got the pleasure of saying the word TARDIS? I did. did I also like pee I, or I, did, I did. And I also get to say doctor later on as yeah, well. Which yeah, I got to say that. Well, so, we were discussing because there's a part in the story where we kind of say what the doctor would say. So effectively, we were the doctor for, for a wee bit. Yeah, exactly. For like a little three second yeah, period. Exactly. We both had a, we both had our little moment. Yeah. We were the doctor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because we were sharing his, his mind. Exactly. Excuse me? You know, we were just saying this script here. I don't think that could be done nowadays. It just seems like such an, a, a Tom classic. Baker script, a yeah. classic Doctor yeah. Who episode. It's just which I think is great to get a wee taste of mm. doing. I watched uh, literally just this last week, just in, in preparation for, for for being with Tom. I watched the Talons of Wang Chiang. Um, I've seen that one. Which That's was a good one. Brilliant. Yeah. And you just sort of go, oh, and he is the Doctor. It's mental. Yeah. You just sort of, and it is that sort of. It, this adventure is sort of. It is. It's a classic sort of story mm. that would only make sense with his Doctor. Yeah. And, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, you know, I do yeah. think so. Mm. As a sort of a supporting player coming into these environments, um, you look towards, as we call it, the number one on the call sheet, and that is Tom Baker. And as soon as you step through the door, the man is extraordinarily welcoming. Um, and uh, and actually, it's his energy that drives us all forward. He's got the most extraordinary energy, which um, you sort of hang on to his coattails, really. And also, he has such an understanding of um, the character, um, the world, the stories being told. And uh, as a result, you can't help be uh, get get enthused and swept along by it. And actually, like all brilliant actors, it makes you raise your own game. Um, and uh, he's a he's a he's a whirlwind, an absolute whirlwind. Um, and as I said, you just get caught up in his world and get dragged along and sort of spat out the other end with a big smile on your face. Um, it's extraordinary, really extraordinary human being, and full of the most incredible stories of which. Uh, make you realise that um, it's a privilege to be part of this business, let alone the world of Doctor Who. So, um, yeah, an extraordinary human being, absolutely extraordinary. It is the Doctor, yeah. you, know, you know. He's just so sharp and witty. So you, lovely. You could, you could tell within about 
10 seconds. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's, he's the doctor, isn't mm. he? Yeah, it just is. It just is the doctor. It's Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so lovely and so sort of oh, wise yeah. and lovely guy. gentle and yeah, and brilliant to work with and lovely, yeah. Mm. Mm. You have to kind of contain your excitement, really, especially as you're doing um, uh, a dialogue scenes with him, so a two-hander scenes. Um, you, you sort of have to kind of drag all your experience into uh, the forefront of your mind to remember not to basically jump up and down and squeal a lot um, because uh, having just done several scenes this morning, um, as I said before, you, you have to raise your game to, to match his brilliance, even if, well, attempt to match his brilliance. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I've certainly got some stories to tell when I go home this evening and see my own children because uh, when uh, when I got back from being away for a long time last week, I said, oh, and also on Monday, I'm, I'm, I'm off to do a job. I think my wife um, slightly rolled her eyes going, where are you going to? And I said, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to do um, um, a play with, uh, with Tom Baker as Doctor Who. All was forgiven, and the children um, have been more excited about this than many other things I've done, and so am I, I have to say. And do you clop that you're being directed by the Daleks as well? Yeah. Well, we've yeah, sort of... Uh, yeah, yeah, we discussed that. We yeah. Did, yeah, we need to... We sort of... We're trying to get it out of the way this morning, but we haven't had a chance yet. Yeah, what he didn't... Give us, he has to give us an exterminator or something. <laughs> he has to give us something. Something. He does the Cybermen as well. Hmm. You could give us a delete. Yeah. Delete would be good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go for that. Yeah. yeah. Let's go for that. Yeah. Oh, I've added in, after Control Him, uh, Flag says, Guards! Okay. That's my contribution to this script. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful day's recording, yeah. I'm sure this will be a good one for the fans. Because, you know, all the time I think about fans. I think about fans, really, to some degree, as I might think about my friends, not quite with the same intensity because I don't know them. I don't know all the people who are going to listen to this, but I think of pleasing the fans, you know. And I get such sweet letters. My wife relays it from my website, but such sweet letters, sweet romantic letters. And I'm so lucky to have been able to go on being the doctor, even with my wobbly legs. That's the wonderful thing, isn't it, about audio? No one can see me shaking on my legs. And so I hope this will be a great, great success. So we're all going home early. <laughs> 